I'm Katie Maloney, 37, a divorcee, and I'm out here falling in love every day with myself. And I'm Dana Kathan, 33, former needy mess and delusional Leo, but I've never been happier. Never been happier. You know that. Good. <laughs> the foundation of this podcast is for people who want to live their life unapologetically. It's a safe space for anyone who's going through a transition in their life or just dealing with the regular bullshit. It's a religion. Wait, I love that. We're not saying that we're looking for nine women to start a coven, but that might be why we started but this podcast. But we're not not saying that. We're not not saying that. Community, coven, cult, it's <laughs> all in the same uh, category. This podcast is for single people. Also, if you're married. Also, if you're a zoo animal. Dating, married, single, thinking about dating. Married and thinking about dating. Whoa. I don't know about that, whoa, but whoa. this podcast is for everyone, every phase. We're going to be sharing cautionary tales, giving advice from our own lived experience, relationships, dating, mental health, friendship, career. Katie and I have been through pretty much everything that could resemble dating, life, starting over again picking things back up. This is for anyone looking to do any of those things or also just like looking to laugh and hang out with your friends because we're your friends. Or cry. There's going to be some crying. How much crying would you say? I'm not a big crier, but I can make other people cry. Ugh, I love that. Disrespectfully. Disrespectfully. Join our cult. I mean, community. I mean, the coven. Religion. Community. I mean. <laughs> community. Let's just stick with community. Listen to the podcast. Listen to the podcast. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Vile Files Ask Nick edition. I'm your host, Nick. Joy. Uh, with me, the household of Allie. What's up, Allie? What's up? Not too much. Just hanging out. How's it going? Uh, yeah, how's it going? Good. Starting a new year. New year is fresh. Do you have like New Year's resolutions? No, but I started working on a vision board. So I've never done that before. So we're, we're just going for it. Where'd you get this idea? What is, what is involved in a vision board? Well, I don't know if I'm doing it correctly or if there's like specific things you're supposed to do, but I was just trying to like dream everything from like things I want to do to things that are going to happen this year to like everything as simple as I'm like, I've always wanted just like a really comfy couch. I've always had this tiny little sofa and like in my next place, I want to have like a really comfy couch you can lounge on mm. so i like got a picture of a couch okay so it's like everything so it's work personal lifestyle dating everything yeah there are many photos of love is it wonderful is it on a like a like a board is it an entire wall like what are we talking it's like a bulletin board that i stole from the garage the garage okay Resourceful i unscrewed queen. it from the wall and i took it did your dad need it or it something no, so it came with the house. Like the people we bought the house from just left it here. So it's never been used, but how, I just How long have you guys been living in this house? Since I was like 16. Okay. It's just been sitting there for like 10 years. Okay. Well, a resourceful queen. Yep, there what we go. Love. Do you have to like visualize it and then put it away and then circle back at the end of the year to see if it happened? <laughs> I don't know the exact. You're asking the wrong person. Who gave you the idea for the vision board? I feel like people just do it. And also my therapist recently was like, I just want you to like, every night before bed just like dream about your ideal life and how you want to feel and just like start dreaming about it and then i told that to someone else at a christmas party and they were like you should do a vision board so yeah. we ended up here all right i love it hey, listen i'm a big believer in manifesting your reality you know i mean there's a lot of other variables that go into it but i think it starts with believing you can and and being optimistic about the things that you want you know 
I definitely believe in that for sure. Uh, we just want to say welcome uh, to any new listeners we have today. Obviously, off the heels of an electrifying interview with Gypsy Rose and Ryan. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. If you haven't listened to it yet, I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing. I mean, honestly, pause this, go back, check that out. Because if you, if you have not checked out uh, Gypsy Rose and her just really incredible story, I mean, it's just, it's tragic, it's sad, it's also inspiring and just true crime, you know, that space. Like, if you are into that, uh, be sure to check it out. And if you are new to the show because you found us through Gypsy, uh, welcome. This is the Ask Nick series of the Vile Files. It's where people call in with all their relationship problems and questions, most of which, many, many of which are romantic in nature. But we get a lot of questions regarding uh, interpersonal relationships like with parents and siblings and friends and everything under the tree and more. So if you are struggling with the relationship problem of your own, you want to talk about it, write us in. Write, write us in. Write, write, is that, that, that right into us. Right into us. There we go. We can't talk, even though we are uh, hosting a record, world, world, uh, a world renowned podcast. Anyways, write into us uh, at asknick at com. Just so you know, everyone's anonymous here at the Vile Files, as we always tell our callers fake name, real age, and let's get going but yeah truly it's anonymous and uh, we offer you know some guidance uh, through our own mistakes i mean that's that's what ask nicks and texting office uh, hours are all about is we're just a group of people who have gotten it wrong before and we have been willing to reflect and get advice from other people uh, ask ourselves what we could have done differently all we can control is our own actions and choices and that's the focus we try to have here at the Vile Files, and especially the Ask Nick callers, well, thanks for tuning in, for one, and I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, to kick things off, Allie, do we have a writer in her? As we know, Gypsy and her husband got married in 2022. They also have clearly gone through some family drama, so I thought this was a perfect fit for our next episode. So, the subject line is, my fiancé's brother is refusing to come to our wedding. Hi, Nick. We need your help and guidance on something really difficult. My fiance and I are getting married in November. We aren't getting married in a church. We are doing it all at the same venue for convenience and our dogs are going to be in the ceremony. My fiance's brother is very religious and has outright told us he is not coming to the ceremony because he doesn't support us not getting married in a church. However, he said he will come to the reception. We are religious and plan to incorporate it into the ceremony, but he is very firm in his beliefs. He has tried to convince us multiple times to do it in a church, and he says he will come if we do that first. We have told him that it, it, it's what we want and please respect it, but he keeps pushing it on us. We are struggling because we don't feel it's fair for us to have him ditch the ceremony, but still come to the reception. What are your thoughts on this? We don't want to create any family drama, but this is a big deal to us. This isn't the first thing he hasn't supported in our relationship. We have lived together for almost two years before getting married, and he has said he won't visit our home until after we are married. How do we approach this? Do we suck it up and deal with it or go with our gut? What is their gut telling them? Their gut is saying they don't necessarily want him to come to the reception if he's not going to support their ceremony. What, what is their goal? I mean, as I always say, you know, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And it's your wedding. 
So first and foremost, you should have the wedding of your dreams, not anyone else's. You're adults. You're not children anymore. These aren't even your parents. And even if they were your parents, listen, uh, when it comes to family members, family members can be bullies. They often are. And they mask it with guilt and shame around disappointment for the choices that you're making in your life. You know, and it, you always cut that, that. That's the hard part because they are always kind of masking it and selling it, you know, as, well, I just care about you, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and listen, like sometimes, you know, we have to figure out whether, you know, this person is offering advice that is helpful that we should be listening to. I and mean, maybe we stubbornly don't want to take. Or if it's just someone kind of inserting their own beliefs and feelings into our lives. When it comes to religion, I think you really have to stick to your guns about your own beliefs. You know, if you don't, if they don't practice, if they're not religious people, first of all, I think it would be disingenuous to simply get married in the church because of a sibling of yours is guilting or shaming you into doing so. I don't really see the point, but that's just me. That being said, this whole idea, well, if he doesn't want to go to our ceremony, we don't want to invite him to our reception. I don't know what, what's that all about? You know, maybe it's it's like, well, if you're not going to come to the more formal part or if you can't accept that this is our day and we can do what we want and you're going to support us in what we want to do. We don't necessarily want to celebrate with someone who doesn't accept us fully. You're fighting fire with fire, though. You, you are sim you are simply doing the same thing that they're doing. So you're you're what you're not doing is showing them you're not leading by example. Uh, I always go back to that advice that Ronnie Wu offered us when he was a guest on this podcast, and he talked about be the behavior in the relationship that you want. I'm I'm probably butchering what he said, but he you know act as if if you want someone to text you back right away and you want to be very communicative in your relationship with someone that you just met, don't be waiting three or four days to respond. You know, don't do shit like that. If you want your sibling to accept your beliefs then you need to accept theirs. You know, he is a very devout and pious and, you know, maybe hypocritical person, who knows, but those are his beliefs. So respect his beliefs by saying, listen, if, if what we're doing makes you uncomfortable, we do not in any way want to put you in a position that you aren't uncomfortable. So however you want to participate at our wedding, we would love to have you. You know, like who gives a shit? Like if you had to like, you know, don't be petty. We're like, well, we had to pay for the devil eggs and he didn't come to our ceremony. So like, we don't want him to come and drink our alcohol. Like, again, you're just doing the same thing he's doing. But if you were to be the bigger person and just say something like that, listen, hey, listen, we love you. Uh, you're our family. And I know we don't always see eye to eye. And we are certainly disappointed that you're disappointed in us and that, you know, and that's not our goal. But at the same time, we want to, we have to be true to ourselves. And despite our differences in beliefs, we still love you. We accept you for who you are, even though we don't see eye to eye. So whatever makes you the most comfortable, you are welcome. If any part of our wedding makes you uncomfortable, as sad as we are not to have you there, we don't want to put you in a position that bothers you. And in saying that, like that reduces that person's power over you by so much. Because think about it, when it comes to family members and that guilt and shame, they are trying to elicit a reaction from you. That guilt, that shame, like, how could you? Do you realize what you're doing? Blah, blah, blah. And it gets in your head and you're thinking, oh, maybe I should do this. Or, But to act that, that indifference, right? That whole like, hey, listen, man, no problem. Your beliefs, as hardcore as they may or may not be, they don't really affect us. 
But what bonds us is that we're siblings and that I love you unconditionally. And I'm not going to judge you for your feelings and beliefs, even though you seem to be judging me for mine. Don't say that last part. Uh, but, you know, that's the energy you want to bring. So don't let it get to you. Don't let him, you know, and if, if he doesn't want to show up to your house until he gets married, no problem. You got to give him that energy where it's just like it's, it doesn't bother you. It bothers him. And you not being bothered by his feelings takes away all his power. And the more you show that it bothers you, the more power it gives him. It makes, it fuels his fire. It, he, he's going to double down. If you disinvite him to your reception because he doesn't want to go to your ceremony, it's going to make the focus of your wedding about your brother's in-law's beliefs and not your love between you and your husband. So again, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? It's not about whether you have the right. Of course, you have the right to be upset. If you want to disinvite him, you have every right to do it. It's your wedding. And you would be justified in being frustrated that he has double standards about how he wants to like incorporate himself into your life. But it's not often about being right. It's about focusing on you and your husband's relationship and not letting anyone, your brother-in-law included, or anyone else allow their opinions and views of your love and your relationship to affect your day. And you demonstrating that indifference to him or anyone else gives your relationship that much more focus and gives you two that much more power over anyone else who wants to be in your life. It's just all about like setting boundaries, you know? It's just like this, the boundary is like, this is our day and we're going to focus on each other. And as long as you set that precedent that no one can get in your head and bother you, it gives you guys so much power and control over your relationship. So that's my two cents. That's what I would do. Um, yeah. And I'm wondering too, if this is all, and I think it's a great piece of advice because even in the email, it says he has tried to convince us multiple times to do it in a church and says he will come if we do that. Like, I think he knows he has Don't negotiate. power yeah. and he's trying to leverage that. So I'm like, I'd be surprised or interested to find out like if they take this approach and they're like, you do you, we're not changing it. If you don't come, no worries. Yeah. And if their wedding's not until November, I'm like, I wonder if at some point he'll be like, I'll be there. Probably. And if not, no big deal. It will be his loss. But do not, don't even, don't even let him know you're, you know, other than being like, listen, I'm disappointed. Sure. But like, I, I respect your beliefs. And this is the point. You want him to respect your choices. And the only way to do that is show him that you respect his, even if it's his choice is to not support you. Because again, that's the tricky thing about religion. Like we may not agree with her brother-in-law, right? But if he is that devout, like we all have the right to believe in what we want to believe in. And we have the right to worship whatever God we want to worship and have thoughts and feelings. And I know like we live in a time where we, you know, the world is so divisive that we want to criticize other people's religions and faiths and beliefs and because they don't allow, align with our true feelings, but like, don't be that person. You know, you can still support your loved ones and your friends, even though sometimes you believe in different things. The trick is, is to not be as judgmental about their choices. They are about yours, you know? So that's what I would do. Good luck. Congratulations on your uh, engagement. And yeah, just don't fight fire with fire that way. You know, just, fight it, I guess, fight it with water. <laughs> baptize them <laughs> yeah there you go baptize, <laughs> baptize them yeah anyway thanks for writing in and again to all the people tuning in if you got a question or a problem of your own please write us in at asknick at the vilefiles.com 
Also, don't forget, we have another blockbuster episode for you this week. Clayton Eckhart, former bachelor who has recently been kind of engulfed in a, I guess you could say like a Maury Povich, like, are you? Or a paternity are you, scandal. A, a paternity scandal. So Clayton is with us. Uh, it's a very intense conversation. It's a very vulnerable conversation. It is also just wild. I mean, wild, unbelievable, shocking, jaw-dropping. Clayton comes with receipts, comes with emails, shares his side of the story, and it is truly fascinating, uh, I guess you could say. I think he does a good job of articulating his side of the story. But again, I, I want you guys to hear his side of the story, and he goes through every detail. Uh, and he, you know, he's pretty honest about, you know, his mistakes, and he says some very unflattering things about his choices and the things that he did to play a role in this whole story. Um, but it, it is certainly an episode you won't want to miss, and that is this Thursday on Going Deeper on the Vile Files, so be sure to check that out. Anything else, Allie, before we get to our callers? Let's just get to those callers. Let's get to the callers. All right. What's your time with me? Let's ask Nick your sexy questions. How's it going? Hi, my name's Danielle, and I'm 31, and my current fiance doesn't know the real reason I got a divorce, and that's because I was having an affair. Okay. Not good. <sighs> Not good. We're, you, you got mm -hmm. yourself into a bit of a pickle here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frankly, all right. Yeah. So Frankly you, so. You wrote in. Why did you write in? Um, I wrote in for a couple reasons. I think the first one is me trying to process through this dilemma that I navigated myself into. But then also, you know, if there's any callers that kind of relate to this type of, I guess, scenario where they have a really bad past of really bad decisions. And then how are they going to, I don't know, how do you be honest about it? And do you be honest about it? And what all should your ex or your new, you know, partner understand and know. Okay. So. My first question, and I don't know if I'm going in any order, but this question popped in my head. You avoiding telling your current fiance or your fiance the truth about your past. How many lies do you think that adds up to? Um, I would say two big ones and like one being have sounds... you ever have you ever cheated? No, we've actually never had that conversation. Interesting. Um, what are I the think two it would be ones? Well, the the big one would be what truly led to my divorce. And then the other one would did, be have to do with the guy who I was having the affair with, which became a big problem. Okay. Well, ex explain more of both of those, please. What did you okay. tell him was the truth? What I told him was the truth. Me and my husband were going through a divorce because um, we were a lot like roommates. We did not have physical intimacy for over a year. And you know, with our schedules just being off, like we just were not aligned anymore, gotcha. um, which is actually all I'm true. I'm sure, I assumed, yes, <laughs> I assumed. Yeah, that, that part's all true, so it was easy to lead with that. Of course, yeah. Um, Most and, lies aren't total made-up lies. There's some truth sprinkled in and, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. I think I was omitting the truth more than still lying lie. about it. That's still a lie. You still lie, oh, 100% yeah, okay. still lie. Um, And then the side story would be the man that I was having the affair with did not like knowing that I had moved on and started stalking. Um, he was vandalizing my car. He was now stalking my now fiance um, and legal stuff had to go into place. And so the big thing was like, why is this guy so obsessed with you? And I would have to be like, it's just a crazy ex. Um, oh, so, and okay. So at least he knows you had a pass with him. You weren't like 
Oh, I don't know. He's just some random guy. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no. But he doesn't know the truth of like, why is this guy so fired up? Well, he's fired up because I ended the affair, got a divorce and didn't go running back to him. I started dating my now fiance. Well, I don't know how your now fiance is going to feel about it. But at first, I thought this was a pretty bad lie because I thought you were like, I don't know. It's a total stranger. But the <laughs> fact that he knows that this is a guy, this is a past boyfriend. Uh, well, thanks for finding some silver lining. <laughs> uh, but. I, 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 I asked this question because I'm trying to anticipate how your uh, fiance is going to respond to the truth. But he, he knows this is a guy you had a past with, you had hooked up with. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and that clearly, if someone's going to stalk someone, you clearly had rejected him. You know, mm-hmm. because you had an affair with him, like you're implying that this other guy had some sort of right to you or something, and that like would almost make it more sense why he stalked you. I don't like to me. I don't know why anyone would stalk anyone. The fact that he had an affair with you doesn't give him more of a right to stalk you. He didn't get dibs mm-hmm. on you because he had an affair with you and you were married to someone else because you chose to leave that marriage. He wasn't like up next, so to speak, just like, you know, mm-hmm. people are in situationships all the fucking time and they don't usually end in a relationship. No, that person ends up leaving that person and then dating someone else a right away. And usually off the heels of telling that other person they're in a situationship with that they are not looking for a relationship. So that all aside, mm-hmm. it, you know, not good, but could be worse in terms of of that. What have you done to work on yourself? to understand why you chose to do what you did? So my marriage ended because my decisions caught up with me because the man who I was having an affair with, once the final rejection happened, he's like, well, I'm going to ruin your life. And by that, he knocked on my husband's front door and introduced himself. And so the divorce moved very quickly. And I I mean, I lost So he, he didn't come right. clean. Oh. You didn't come clean. He, you got caught. Well, I got caught and then immediately had to come clean. Um, Can't really hide that one. Uh, So I had a very smooth divorce. Uh, My husband, I think in the equal ways was checked out. Either he was skeptic the whole time. And so the news wasn't really shocking or, you know, now that I've, it's been over a year, if it's because he also was doing the same thing, there's skeptics everywhere, but um, it was a very, very smooth divorce. Um, And so I, I moved out. I let him keep everything and I started over and I lost all my friends. Um, I really, really hurt them with my decisions and choices I made. So living on my own, working two jobs, um, I never wanted to make this mistake again. And so I knew that I had to do a lot of self-reflection and rewiring. And so I went into therapy. I'm still in therapy. And a big chunk of that was trying to figure out why I need validation and why do I seek validation and what do I need moving forward? And so when I met my fiance, I was very adamant to be like, intimacy is really important to me and validation and what my love language looks like. And so I can work through these horrible decisions that I made and kind of not put myself in that position again. It's still a work in progress. Well, how so? Um, I still struggle a lot when it comes to just things that I think a lot of women seek when it comes to validation because of our body dysmorphia or because of the things that we struggle with. You look for someone else to say, no, you're great. You're beautiful. And I found that in men and reguiding my focus of being like going to my fiance and being like, I need this right now. Like, this is what I'm struggling with. Um, I need validation. You know, I need intimacy. And so that, that helps, but I still have weak moments and not saying that I act on them. I've never acted on them, 
but just being aware of like, Danielle, this is like a really weak moment for you. Don't give your attention. Like when a guy asks for your phone number, it's your reason to give it to you. Okay. You just have weak moments. Well, I mean, you're a human being. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, but what you're describing is literally all the difference in the world. Yeah. Like um, uh, love isn't, you know, I certainly like to think that, especially as she's in her third trimester, that my fiance has only eyes for me and she, you know, makes me feel good about how she loves me and I've always felt her love, but I'm not under any sort of delusion that um, she wouldn't feel or uh, appreciate being hit on, you know, mm-hmm. or, or flattered if some guy asked for her number or in maybe in some cases tempted. I don't know. Like, especially if let's say, you know, fast forward a couple of years, life comes at us fast. We have a couple kids. It's easy for us to take each other for granted. We we got a little disconnected. Yada yada. I'm not under any illusions that the only reason that I have nothing to worry about or that I shouldn't worry about whether Natalie steps out on me or not is because that she doesn't have, you know, as you describe them, weak moments. We all have weak moments. The difference between people who have affairs and don't have affairs is because some people are able to work through those weak moments, not act on those weak moments, and they are able to consistently do that because of what you know they've put into their other relationships. You have a past of not doing that. And so I guess what I'm saying is judging yourself for still like for now being in a relationship and and then having a guy come up to you and ask for your number and having that feel good and wondering what it would be like to give you his number isn't that big of a deal what's a big deal is that you said no now i don't i hope that you're not keeping this number and pining over this number and fantasizing this number and like you know you know what i'm am i making sense you know so there's just no point in beating yourself up and having shame, you know, obviously I, I'm, I'm getting the impression you've had a lot of shame come your way since the revelation of your affair and beating yes. yourself up doesn't get you anywhere. What I, I'm very happy to hear is that you're in therapy, that you're still in therapy and you're actively aware of your weaknesses and your bad habits and you are able to identify now because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the past, did you even have that thought when you were tempted? Or did you just react? Uh, it was like in those moments of that, you get so caught up in the dopamine and the endorphins that like the guilt hits after. And then by then you're like, I just want it to go away. And you get caught up in it again and you just keep acting out. Um, so, yeah. But the, but when, what are you yeah. doing now? What do I do now? Yeah. What I do now is I don't need it. I don't seek it. Um, I don't. But I'm saying when like before look, you described this whole like getting caught up in the moment, the endorphins taking over mm-hmm. and you not having the... Uh, self-discipline self-control, and self-control morals, yeah. to to say no. I mean, it's not even morals you felt guilty afterwards mm-hmm. but it's the self-control to be in the moment and to say wait a second what am i doing this is like and be aware that that time doesn't stand still that after the endorphins mm-hmm. pass it's having the awareness it's like you know when you're a kid you just fucking eat sugar and you don't worry about how it's going to make you feel and when you're an adult you say shit like i don't need that Sometimes we give in, but like a lot of times we're like, I know how I'm going to feel after I eat this shit. So now you are demonstrating that awareness of how these bad choices are going to end up costing you and make you feel in the long run. So that's, that's all positive stuff. Now, what you need to acknowledge, and I think you are, 
so I hope this is just me saying what you already know, is that like, listen, you're like, you're never going to be a finished product. The fa- if you would have told me, yeah, I was in therapy for six months and made a, really, a lot of positive changes and I feel good about it. Like I would be like, hey, listen, I'm glad, but I'd get back into therapy because yeah, like I would keep, I would keep exercising this muscle. I would keep checking in with yourself. And if no other thing, a therapist could be someone that you go see on a weekly or semi-weekly or monthly basis to say, hey, how you doing? Have you had or have you had those weak moments? Have you been triggered like you were triggered in the past? Have you had moments like this where you felt the temptation? What did you do about it? How did that feel? Just having someone like a phone call away to say, I'm feeling this feeling right now. And you have the self-awareness to like pause. That's great. And at the moment you stop that, like anything else, you're just going to get away from it. And then one day, you know, you're going to be tempted by the wrong person and you're going to backtrack. So it sounds like, you know, good for you. You're doing a lot of good things. You know, you can't go back in time. It sounds like you regret it. It sounds like you learned. You're in therapy. Now we have to address the big problem. You got a divorce less than a year ago? So things have moved um, quickly. No. Well, we started less than over a year ago. Your, um, your current the divorce, fiance. It got finalized. It takes so long. How long have you been dating your boyfriend? Um, fiance. My fiance and I have been together for just shy of a year. Okay. And so... So Me and things my move fast. Husband, right? were how'd you get engaged? Yeah, it. it um, sorry. Go how, ahead. Well, what what prompted the engagement? It, it was a surprise. So part of the timeline is that I got divorced, and then I was continuing on with my life. Got into therapy, um, working two jobs, so I was not really engaging with anybody. Had no friends, so it was about three months, and I met my current fiance. And I was really hesitant because I'm like, I just got out of this. I currently have a stalker that's kind of going on. Like, this is not the best time. Um, But honestly, it felt so good to meet someone that didn't know my past, who didn't see or know anything um, negative about me. And I could kind of start over. And it was really, really good for me. And, you know, I I told myself, like, well, eventually I'm going to have to tell him. Especially with a stalker going on, like inhibiting our lives like crazy. but I was like, no, like, I don't know if this, if this goes anywhere. Like, I don't have enough confidence in myself. I don't feel good about myself. I don't really understand my behaviors yet. Like, I just want to be perfectly placed before I tell him. And I was like, okay, before we move in, I'll let him know. And it was about six months. We were seeing each other pretty steady. And an apartment opened up that was too good to be true. Um, it was a great duplex. It was right where we wanted to be. Both our dogs were accepted. And they said, you have a week or we're going to give it to somebody else. And so it was like a quick decision. And I'm like, I'm definitely not ready to tell him now. Um, Why not? And so then I was Why definitely? I just because I was, because I just don't, I want to be able to go into this discussion, being able to explain myself. And I don't want, I didn't want the excuse to be, well, I just did it because I got caught up in the moment or I just did it because we weren't having intimacy for over a year. Like I want to have an understanding of myself before I try to explain it to somebody who isn't me and who wasn't there, plus being able to handle rejection. And I do feel like I'm still fragile and loving myself and feeling okay with myself. And so I was like, okay, well, when, when we get engaged and that hit me as a wonderful surprise, um, but I was not expecting it. I wasn't prepared for it. So now I'm just like, oh my gosh. When so you, I remember going into my therapy session. I was like, it happened and I wasn't ready. Yeah, I'm curious. You clearly, you must have talked about this with your therapist. What did they say? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they, the conversation with me and my therapist is it's, it has to happen. Like, but when does it happen? Is it, is it something that you can wait five years or is that 
unfair to your partner? Is it, is it Wait, your, 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 your therapist posed that question? Well, I pose those. She can never give her official opinion, but it's more of, you that, know, she true. just always asks, my, do you my, feel ready? My therapist gives her opinion all the time. <laughs> what? Mine's always like, I can't give you. And my, I can't tell you my opinion. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always, how do I feel about it? Um, and she just posed the question uh, last week. Do I feel like I, will I be okay if I never tell him? Of course not. I know, but the conversation seems so scary and rejection seems so scary. And well, life's scary, but you're not telling him is you demonstrating qualities that led you to the situation you got yourself in. You're making excuses. You are allowing your shortcomings, I guess, to be valid excuses for you not wanting to be the person that you say you want to be. Does that have to be expedited or is that something that can take time what do you mean like telling well, him or being the I'm person being, you, well yeah like being the person well, you want to like be being the person a, i want to be which again it's always a working muscle like but you know yeah, maybe sure. that's not right now maybe that's in a year or two years or in a month where i am that version of i can do this i can you 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 can does, do it you're choosing well, not to and you are taking the easier way out and you are avoiding like the possibility of disappointment Every day that goes by and you don't tell him, you're risking the possibility of violating his trust so much so that it will be hard for him to forgive. And I get it. You're probably thinking, well, what if I just didn't tell him for 10 years? Because in 10 years, he really won't care. We'll have two or three kids <laughs> by really then. We'll be faithful. And, you know, and now you're telling him, now you're thinking about telling him now and you're like, well, it's scary because he barely, I mean, we still have only been dating for a year. Is he going to think, who are you? And, you know, he might to a certain extent. Don't you, aren't you tired? Yes. Well, I had more of the question, it, but I'm glad you asked that. But aren't you tired of feeling like the people closest to you don't fully accept and love who you actually are? Yes. And don't you want your partner whoever they are and your future husband to know that you have flaws and is willing to work with you as long as you are willing to commit to him that you can, he can trust you and that you're willing to work on things, but he still accepts you for the fact that you're not a perfect person and that, yeah, in the past that you've had to, you've done some things you regret and those things have caused you to hurt the people you claim to care about. But you really, really want to not do that again and, and at least you can demonstrate some growth and that you've learned and still be accepted by him as opposed to, you know, do you really want to be in a marriage or an engagement with a guy who deep down, you know, doesn't fully understand or even know who you are and therefore can't accept you? Yeah, um, that's hard um, and it's exhausting. And that you're right. I mean, I can't counter you. I think it's just when I come to bat for myself, I want to be able to say, look, this is what I did. These are the steps I took. I, I kept to these steps. It wasn't just a, I'm going to try therapy and make it look good on my resume. It was a, I continued to work through this and talk about it. How old are you again? And under 31. You're 31. Okay. You're young. Maybe not as young as you want to be. And I, I'm sure you never thought you'd be 31 and in this pickle. Mm. I'm sure you never thought you'd be divorced. But I'm, you are still young. And in this short time I've had an opportunity to talk to you, I've been made aware of three different men who wanted to be in your life. So clearly you don't have a hard time meeting men. And I don't know what's going to happen with your fiance if you decided to come clean. I, I'd, I'd say there's a pretty decent chance you can work through it. I don't know who he is. I don't know his patience level. 
I don't know. But like people have worked through more. That being said, mm-hmm. if he chooses not to want to accept you and be with you and he does decide to leave you, as crushing as it will be, you'll get through it. You'll survive it. I promise you. Then yeah. you'll meet someone else. But you're choosing a path that is just going to be more of the same and you're going to continue to be feel like you're living a lie and you're going to be stuck in a relationship where you deep down know that your partner doesn't even know who you are and therefore can accept that. And you have right. gotten yourself into these situations by making excuses for yourself, justifying your actions, saying, you know what, next time I'll do it differently, This, you know, and, and taking the easy way out and avoiding conflict out of fear of rejection. And so if you really want to put your money where your mouth is, then you got to tell them. And there's no better time than the present. Mm. It's you never die on that hill. It's you never 100% agree with that. <laughs> yeah. That the moment Explain you met to Natalie, me. you laid out all your dirty laundry. Well, you've been, you're engaged to him. I know. Well, I know that made a, that put a different status on it. You, uh, um, also, you, sure. yeah, you've known him for a year. I didn't say that, but, uh, when we started making major steps, I mean, yeah, the expectation is that we, if there was a lie there that it became clean. You know, and if not, you know, that was an issue. (laughs) So, but yeah, you even asking me that question is like, that's your ability to justify shit. I know. It's my defense mechanism. It's like me trying to constantly pay this like tug of war in my brain of being scared. It's my fight or flight. So I didn't mean to offend you when I asked that. You definitely definitely didn't offend me. Um, (laughs) I just, ugh. But no, I know everything you're saying is right. And I'm sure if my therapist could give me her professional opinion, she'd say, do it yesterday. I think it's just my survival mode of trying to hold on to any point of feeling like I'm worth it in the sense of like, I did a lot of bad stuff and I hurt a lot of bad people. So didn't your fiance wonder why you didn't have any girlfriends? Uh, No, because um, I moved out here um, with my husband at the time and we built our friendships together like with a lot of couples. Gotcha. And so in a divorce, it's easy when one person takes a side, all, you know, both go. Um, so have you ever apologized to your husband? Yeah, um, I have. And that's, what's hard or like weird in the situation is like him and I's relationships really good. We talk, we worked through the whole, the divorce and the debacle and didn't get lawyers involved. Like it was very easy. It was the friends that were hurt by me that just wanted no relationship. So yeah, that's not that uncommon. Um, but then there's like these little stings that are always interesting. Like we were watching love is blind. Um, and it's like the one side story where she was like in the pod and she's like, she admitted that she cheated and I forget who she was like in the pod with, but he was like disgusted by it. Um, and I remember turning to him and I wanted to gauge like how he was going to handle that. And he's like, that's absolutely disgusting. And I was like, Oh really? And he was just like, yeah, like I couldn't understand it. Like, you know, and I was trying to give a different perspective of like, well, maybe, you know, at least she came clean and maybe she was struggling with things. He's like, nope, there's no call for it. And so that took me like 20 steps back because I was like, oh my gosh, now I can't say anything. Um, I mean, that's tough to hear. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, it scares you. But then most recently it was the weekend of our engagement. It's literally the day after. And this has been spiraling in my head of like, I have to say something like, what am I going to do it? And we're watching love actually. And there's that whole side scene of the girl having an affair. 
and or he the guy was and I was like super tensed up and we almost made it through the whole story of him not saying anything and then finally he ends it with I will never understand why somebody does that (laughs) I like lost my breath I was like like I so it's not that it's just there's these little hills that I hit every so often that I like think I can do it and then I get hit with that and I'm like oh my gosh I'm I hear you but I I can tell you that I mean if you've never cheated you're gonna you're gonna think that there are people who are capable of of forgiving what you did, you know. And at the end of the day, you're just going to have to find someone who's willing to accept you for who you are, you know. Yeah. And this hopefully will be an opportunity to see how strong this relationship is. I mean, listen, you're engaged to this guy. Mm-hmm. And unless you want to get a divorce a second time, you should probably just be pretty clear with each other about who each other's are and their willingness to work with you on who you are. And, and, you know, you made these choices and you're not going to erase the past by dating someone who has a non-negotiable about anyone who's ever cheated in the past and refuses to accept the fact that maybe they could work on themselves and, and, and do that, that he's not your guy. If that's the case, he is a guy, but I, you know, and I'm sure he, you know, he probably swooped in and felt like a savior in a lot of ways. You know, you lost, you lost your husband you lost your lover. You lost your friends. And here is this guy who just thought you were wonderful and you could kind of forget that other world or other life that you had, but you got to face the music and you're a long way from a finished product. And I say that as a positive thing. You're only 31 years old, but like the, the longer you keep doing the shit that got you into trouble, the worse you're going to make it. Give him an opportunity to say, you know, to empathize with how you're feeling and, and be upset and distance himself because he is, you're going to have to give him space to react. He's, you're going to have to give him space to say, I, I just, I need, like, I don't, I don't know how to think right now. I'm caught off guard, right? I'm, I'm, I'm a little shocked. I feel lied to. You're going to have to fucking put up with that. And you're going to have to deal with him saying that. And you're going to have to give him space. And you're going to have to be scared. And you're going to have to be afraid that he's going to leave. Because I doubt he's going to be like, you know what? No big deal. You fucked up, you know? Like you, you did. And I, I wish you had a therapist that... <laughs> Did you it? give their opinion? Well, I mean, come on. And like at a minimum, be like, fucking tell them. Yeah, I even asked somebody else. I was like, is that is that normal? And they're like, yeah, my therapist does that too. Like, doesn't give an opinion. I was like, okay. Yeah, to a certain degree. So. I don't know. Anyways, we don't have to discuss like. Yeah, therapist. I know. That's fine. I think you need to tell him. And I, I can't promise you how he's going to react. I just honestly think that even if he leaves you, it's for the best. Mm-hmm. Well, and, don't color me surprised. What? So. I knew I said, don't color me surprised. I knew you're going to say that. <laughs> yeah. I knew, I knew, I knew it. I mean, it's because I know I seek down. That's what I need well, you're to the do. One, yeah. You're the um, one who wrote in. You're the one who called in. I know. Yeah. Cause it was just like this idea that is it okay to wait? Is it okay to work on yourself? You know, maybe it was that last glimmer of hope of like, yeah, it's okay. Take your time. Like wait until you're ready. Um, you're, you're every day that you don't tell him you're lying. Mm-hmm. You're lying to him. And that's how he's going to feel. You're right. So how do we tell him? Is this an active situation? (laughs) I, talking to my therapist, it was, we talked about having him come in in a space that I felt comfortable. There's that. I would like Um, for her to, (laughs) her, is it her or him? Her. Um, 
Is she also a couple therapist? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, would, would he go? Yeah, that's kind of how. I mean, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Like, I I have mixed feelings about that because it's like kind of almost could feel like a setup. I don't. I don't have. I, I, I could see that. Fifty fifty. I do think hopefully he would be willing to go with you into therapy for sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think um, why I put it that way, it's like, because I can't back out now. We are in the car driving to my therapy appointment. Like, I'm so afraid. As you can see, I like to make a lot of excuses and I would be afraid if I tell myself, okay, tonight's the night I would find the 10 reasons not to. So if I'm there, it's like, well, okay, I need, you know, do not agree with that. Just fucking tell them. Uh, okay, Nick, I will just tell him. I, I, I'm just saying like, I just, every time you convince yourself not to tell him if i'm him that's another reason to be scared not to stay in this relationship with you well we have a 12-hour road trip on friday <laughs> so you're gonna so do it so he can't in the car together yeah, he can, can't leave I'll you actually when this when this podcast plays i will uh, uh no i yeah i don't i just, guess i never imagined it outside of what i just told you so when you tell him would, you just gotta come clean and not make excuses and you just say, I'm really ashamed. And I, I should have told you, I can ex- try to explain to you my thought process, but it's just going to come across as excuses. I should have, I, I should have just told you, but I was scared. I was pretty fucked up. Um, again, not an excuse. You know, I've been working hard on myself. And the reason I'm telling you now is because like, I care about us. I care about this relationship, regardless of what you decide to do based off of what I'm telling you, like I am committed to not allowing myself to be a victim of my own weaknesses or insecurities. And I'm going to keep working on myself, but like I, and I'm really, really sorry that I, I, things got carried away and I just thought I was scared you were going to leave me. And then you got to work it out with him and see what he says, but you can't get mad at him for getting mad and you can't make him feel bad for getting mad and you can't be like i knew you would do this and that's why i wasn't gonna tell you because he got mad you can't do that you just have to kind of take your punishment and just say hey listen like i'm and and empathize with him you have every i understand why you're upset and i am sorry Mm -hmm. and and this is why i'm telling you and i'm really really hoping and praying that over time you'll be able to forgive me and that you'd be willing to join me in couples therapy and, and, and get a kind of a glimpse as how I, what I've been doing to work on myself. And I want to have a much better relationship with you, but I want to know who you're marrying. And, and I've, I've made some bad decisions in the past and I want you to accept me for who I am. And I'm really, really sorry. I didn't give you an opportunity to do that up until this point. And you could say, listen, yeah, there were a couple of times I, I tried to tell you, it's not an excuse, but obviously you were very clear how you felt about that. And I understand, I feel the same way, but that just made me more scared. And again, not an excuse. I'm sorry. And if he's like, oh, I can't understand why you did that. And be like, I, you know, if you were wanting to go to therapy with me, like I can try to explain it to you. I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses, but like, just know that like, yeah, I made some fucked up decisions that I'm really like disappointed in myself. And you know, like, <laughs> unfortunately you're not the only one who cheats. You know, not to make it feel better, but like it's you and like half the fucking population in relationships. So like, I promise you, regardless of how it ends up, that two or three years from now, if you really are dedicated to being a better person and you actually want to hold yourself accountable and you come clean, no matter what he decides, you will be happy you did. And you telling him and coming clean now and stop making excuses for doing the right thing, that will help you get to where you want to be. And if you don't, 
do what I'm suggesting. You are putting yourself at risk of never actually being the person you want to be. As I say a lot of times, you know, you can ruin your life by your choices. We all act like it's all going to work out and that everything happens for a reason. That's just why we tell ourselves bullshit things like everything happens for a reason because it's really scary to realize that we can make choices that are wrong and it could fuck our shit up. And people do it every day. People make poor decisions and get bad advice from the wrong people and their timing's off and they miscalculate decisions and or they don't work on themselves and they make decisions and it literally fucks up their life and they never recover from it. Thankfully for you, despite you having made decisions that have certainly fucked up your life, you've recovered marvelously. So much of the fact that you were able to meet another man and get engaged and you have this beautiful Christmas tree in the background, you're well-dressed, you know, like things could be worse, you know, but until you actually do, like you follow through with this, eventually it's going to get to the point where you won't be able to recover and you are still dealing with like a pretty full deck of cards. You've lost a lot. Mm -hmm. I get it, but you still have a lot to work with. And you still have an opportunity to do the right thing. And the choice is yours. You're right. I don't even know what to say. I mean, you're, you're right. You're completely right. Um, shit. So I'll give you an update. Yeah, I'd love one. I mean, just go out in public and find someone who's like in their 50s or 60s who looks fucking miserable. And look at that person and be like, they probably made some fucking decisions. Really fuck their shit up. And now they're 50 or 60. You also see the movies, though, where they're like on their bed dying and they whisper in their last words the worst thing they've ever done. Maybe, you know. But no. What movie is no, that? I, I don't know. It's like in all the movies. Yeah, you're watching Person's the on their movies, deathbed dying but... and they just say like one, one last final word. I don't know. Maybe. No, but no. I think you can, you're, right. you're, you're clearly have a conscience. It's clearly weighing on you. It could get, this could get, no. this yeah. can get a lot better. You just got to have some guts. Okay. When are you going to do it? Do you want you want do you want the agenda? I can actually send it all the talking points. I have, I you know I can turn around and I'm not I can it's the holidays. It's really hard to do anything during the holidays, but setting that goal of like my new year's resolution, I say by February. February. I wish you don't like it. I get it. You don't like that answer. I knew you weren't going to like it, but it's like Right now, it's the holidays. We're around family. I don't want to pinpoint it where it's like, now you have to go put a face on for my family. Like, I don't want that type of position for him. But that's I'd rather. But the fact that you think it's going to be as bad as it is. I think it will. Yeah. Well, sure. I... But don't you think that you should? <laughs> Listen, do you want to be with this person? Yes. Okay. Well, every day that goes by, you're risking that. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. I promise you how he's going to think about it once he finds out is you couldn't tell me. He's going to think about all this. Any special moment you shared with him between now and when you tell him is going to feel like a lie. And you are wasting and risking all those moments. I, I'm, I'm telling you from personal experience. So if you really want to be with this guy, every day that goes by, you reduce your chances. Because I promise you, he's going to think about it. And he's going to think about Christmas with you and New Year's Eve with you and time he had with your family and when you and, and when you lived the the lie and he's going to hold it against you. Okay. You, you'll, you'll get through it. I know. I promise you'll get through it. And honestly, I'd say 70, 80% chance he forgives you. But if he doesn't, like this is not a guy who has the patience to be with someone like yourself. You, you need someone who has the ability to accept who you are. You're right. 
No, you're right. If I'm going to do it right the second time, like I definitely want it with somebody who's going to love me through my worst. Um, February is way too long away. I know. All right. Well, I got to go. All right. Well, good luck. I know. I think you should tell them before this weekend. I know what you think. I know what you think. Well, the car ride is this Friday. Oh, there. There you go. 12 hours. Just just come clean. You know, honestly, maybe the car ride is as good of a place as any. He is going to be stuck having to deal with this truth. And you can talk about it, but you got to remain calm and do not make yourself the victim. Never. No, I think that's my problem. I think I'm going to destroy myself. And like, that's really the victim. Not, not. I no, not playing the. I think it's just like I feel so bad for what I did that it's going to be very hard to reopen all those wounds that like I felt like I finally am like about like I feel good about myself again. I think it's just that fear, but I know you have to go. But you'll, I think it's just that you, it's like you'll get through it. I know. Well, I can always jump out of the car. No, you won't. Stop shaming yourself. Yeah. You listen. You 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 did. You've done a lot of hard work on yourself, and you should pat yourself on the back for the work you've done and the fact that you can get yourself in situations where you feel the temptation and you're mindful of that temptation. And instead of indulging that temptation, you use the tools that you've learned learned in fer- therapy to like not act on it. That's amazing. Keep doing that, mm-hmm. and that's something you should be proud of. But now you have to take the next step in your healing process and stop making excuses as for why you haven't been fully honest with your current partner and face the music. This won't be the last time you two have a tough conversation. So if you can't have this conversation with your fiance, you have no business getting married. You're right. Everything else, you're just living a fantasy and you've already done that. And where did that get you? You're right. You're right. All right. Uh, Good luck. I'll be, uh, I'm rooting for you. I really, I really hope uh, this is a pivotal moment in your life. Yes, it is. But you can do it. I promise. No, I'm gonna throw up. No, you're not. No, you're you're right. fine. Just well, stop psyching yourself out. You can do <laughs> I know, this. No, I can do fine. this. No, you got me good. Like you got me in the the mindset of doing it. Like that's more than I've been in the past. You know. So he's gonna get mad. It'll be fine. He's a big boy. He'll live. All right. Stay tuned. All right. We'll keep. Good I mean, luck. I guess we stay on for ten more minutes. He'll be right through the front door. That's all right. We gotta get going. <laughs> I know. All right. Take care. Keep us posted. All right. All right. Thanks, Nick. Yep. Yeah, bye bye. Whether your resolution is to save money, eat better, or stress less, HelloFresh is here to help you do all three. Say hello to the most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef crafted recipes at prices you'll like delivered to your door. Listen, uh, we're all busy people. I know a lot of people listening to this show are commuters on the go. Like, I mean, it's just like, it takes a lot of time making a grocery list, figuring out what to make for dinner. You know, do you want something that you obviously enjoy? You want to mix it up? You know, we're all creatures of habit and most of us aren't like filled with a bunch of lists of all these different ingredients. And then, you know, you go grocery shopping and then, you know, you make plans, it gets thrown out. It's super stressful. Make saving time your breeziest resolution with quick, convenient recipes delivered right to you. Just choose your meals and select your delivery date. HelloFresh handles the meal planning and shopping. So all you have to do is Open your weekly box of pre-portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes to get hooking. Go to HelloFresh.com and use code VILEFREE for free breakfast for life. One breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash V-I-A-L-L-F-R-E-E with code VILEFREE. 
Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify, truly, I have used Shopify for years. It is such a great platform for e-commerce business. Regardless of the size of your business, Shopify can meet your business needs. And the best part is if you're starting small and you have big goals and dreams, Shopify will scale with your business. They have all these amazing plugin apps that seamlessly integrate with Shopify. You can have this really wonderful customer-facing website that easily integrates with your back-end stores, help you track inventory, drag-and-drop functionality. It is so easy. You can be up and running and have an amazing online website and business in a matter of days with Shopify. Can't recommend it enough. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with an internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Track orders, track shipments, meet your customers' needs with shipping. It is incredible. Can't say enough of great things about Shopify. So if you have a commerce platform that's not Shopify, you got to look into Shopify to switch. And if you are looking at starting your business, you got to check out Shopify. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerces in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because business that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash V-I-A-L-L, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash V-I-A-L-L now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Again, all lowercase, that's shopify.com slash V-I-A-L-L. How's it going? Hi, I'm Maggie. I'm 25. I have my first crush on a girl, and she just happens to be my coworker. Okay. So, in your words, I'm just curious, like, what, I mean, I heard the problem, but, like, what, it, give me more. Give me more information. Okay. Um, I started this new job in August and when I first met her, I realized that I kind of liked her and I had feelings for her. And this is the first person I've had feelings for in a very, very long time. And so the fact that it was a girl was a little like shocking and surprising to me. And I'm just kind of trying to see what I should do moving forward. Um, basically at this point we have been talking in person and texting occasionally. Um, I did tell her that I liked her back in October um, and she told me that she wasn't looking for anything serious, but she thought I was really cool and was open to still getting to know me ever since does then. Does she date women? Flirt. Yes, she does. Okay. That is confirmed. Okay. Yes. Um, so since then, she's told me like that I'm pretty, that I'm cute. She compliments my outfits. Um, we've hung out outside of work, outside of work events one time one-on-one -on -one, we went to dinner together and she walked me to my car and opened the car door for me and I tried to hang out with her again another time but I got rejected because she said she was too busy getting ready for a wedding the next day and so after that I told her that the ball was in her court now I we haven't hung out since then and tomorrow is our staff holiday party which is notorious for people kind of going crazy and wild. So I was trying to figure out if I should try and make a move at this holiday party or where I should go from here. Okay. All right. Interesting. Um, you're a teacher? Yes. <laughs> you guys get wild at holiday parties? This is like a thing? Yes. You know, we work hard, party harder. So, okay. yeah. All right. All right. 
Um, no, I don't think you should make the first move. Okay. It sounds like you've been very clear with her that you like her. Yeah. On multiple occasions, you have put yourself out there. You've even said to her that the ball is in her court. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, that's kind of a boundary. Hey, you've decided. Again, the boundary is for yourself. You saying the ball is in your court on some level is your subconscious telling you, I've put myself out there plenty of times. I made mm-hmm. it clear. So many times. Almost to the point of, have I done it too much? And your subconscious finally said, hey, let's shut it down. So you communicated the boundary you set with yourself to her by saying, balls in your court. And for you to flirt with her, ask her out, tell her she's pretty, make a move, as you said it, would be you not respecting your own boundary. And when we don't respect our own boundaries, especially the ones we communicate with people, people take us less and less serious. And you want her to take you seriously. Yeah. And nothing is more attractive to anyone than seeing someone who doesn't need us or who might have moved on or is desirable by other people who are, or, or just even not desirable, but just like not obsessed with us or over it. You know, nothing will make her like you more than thinking that you're not interested anymore. If you go to this Christmas party, get a little tipsy and start flirting with her. I don't know. Maybe you guys will like hook up that night. I don't know. It's possible. But it's also possible that she just says, yep, I could still have her when I want her. And I'm not going to do that here. Okay. So what happens if she approaches me and starts flirting with me? Minus the whole like, this is a fun, juicy story. Like just pragmatically, yeah. is it? Is, do you think it's smart to like hook up with your coworker at a Christmas party? I will say my school has a very unique situation where we're all very young and a lot of people at my school do date slash talk. There's a lot of people who have started marriages from being at the school. So it wouldn't be the most abnormal thing. Gotcha. What a school. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, listen, right now she has all the power. You know, yeah, minus the fact that like you've never, you've never been with a woman, correct? No. It might be... You know, I'm very nerve. I don't know, nerve wracking. I would. It would make sense if you got nervous and unsure and a little timid. Those would all be valid feelings and responses that you could have. And is she used to dating women? She's been with other yes. women. So already yes. there, there's a power dynamic that's not equal. She's got simply based off of experience alone. She is in a, a power position over you. There's something to consider. Okay. Okay. And another thing to consider is how much you've put yourself out there and made it clear to her how you feel about her. And so for another different reason, she's in a position of power over you. The more kind of examples of her being in a position of power over you, just the less interesting you are to her. And it's just, that's just like human nature. Okay. If you're looking for a fun Christmas party and you're not thinking past the fun you want to have at a Christmas party, then do whatever the fuck you want. Because your if your goal is to just have the most fun Christmas party of all time, then, you know, YOLO. But if you want to maybe see where this goes and be open to the possibilities and you want to shift the power dynamic where it's a little more equal and less weighted so much in her court, then I think you playing pretty hard to get 
at this Christmas party would go a long way. Okay. No, that makes sense. I just feel like I probably should play hard to get because I definitely am not good at doing that at the moment. Now, the do that for you is not being like rude or dismissive, you know, but what you need to do is just be very social with everyone else. Mm-hmm. Your job at this Christmas party is to just be a social butterfly, get in conversations, you know, and so that way you're not actively ignoring her. You're just preoccupied with other people. Let her okay. jump in and be like, what are you guys talking about? Like you be the social butterfly with everyone else and you're not watching her. You're not wondering what she's doing. You know, that's not you playing hard to get. You know, you, you being a wallflower and ignoring her is not being hard to get. She'll be, it'll be obvious what you're doing. Yeah. So you need to immerse yourself into the Christmas party and whatever, you know, if people are on the dance floor dancing, you're on the dance floor dancing. You know, if people are out there having a ball, you're having a ball with all, all these other people. And if she wants okay. to join in, great. You can be friendly too, but never focus your sole attention on her at any point in the night. Okay. That makes sense. And so after the Christmas party, what should I do moving forward? I think if, if she gets a little tipsy or at any point she starts flirting with you, mm-hmm. let's say if she even goes in for like a kiss, I think you pull away and you say, you need to ask me on a date first if you want a kiss or something like that. If she wants to make a move, you at that party say, if you want that, you need to do this. That's you inserting your power. That's you okay. saying no to her. Right now, she doesn't think for a second you're ever going to say no. She's saying no to you. You're asking her to go out. You need to shift the narrative. So you need to be able to say no to her. And you can do it in a very okay. fun, fun and flirty way, but it's still saying no. It's still letting her know that she can't have you whenever for free without her having to do something for you. Okay. Should I use the word on a date even if she says she's not looking for a relationship? Well, then you could be like, that's fine. No problem. If she says like, oh, well, I'm not looking for a relationship, you'd be like, okay, well, I'm not looking for a kiss. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Listen, you're right. Because, and, and expect that, right? She is used to, people don't give up power easily. And mm-hmm. it's not like we're all Machiavellian trying to like, oh, obsessed with power, but our subconscious hangs on. We, we like feeling in control. And when people take control from us, we respond. And so you say, well, no, I want you to take it on a date. She might fight back that she'll push back well i don't want this that that will be her trying you that's you saying nope i'm gonna take my power back and her response to saying well i'm not looking for a relationship right now is her trying to take that power right back from you okay and in that moment you got to decide whether you're gonna let her take that power back or you're gonna stand your ground and say all right no problem but this is what i want yeah no i know you're right it's gonna be easier said than done but i'll try to stay strong well, it, it's not that hard. It really isn't. Then you have to ask yourself, what do I want? Because at the end of the day, you know, all, for all the people who have called in about situationships or stuff like this, like this has, this has situationship written all over it. And nine times out of 10 for all, you know, and listen, the people we get stuck in situationships with, it, it's very easy for us to gripe about them. And for me to say, well, they don't deserve you and they're selfish and they're only hanging out with you at their convenience. And all those things can be true. But it's your choice, you know, because I'm talking to you right now and I'm asking you, what do you want out of this? And again, if you just want to have the most fun Christmas party, go nuts. 
But if you want to see if there's potential with this person, if you want to take your power back, if your goal is to do those things, then you, you have choices and you have options. And it's going to come down to how bad you want it. And if you give in, then you have no one to blame but yourself. And sure, down the road, you might, you know, if we didn't talk today, you could have called in. Let's say, let's say we didn't talk today. Let's say mm-hmm. you went to this Christmas party and you both got a little tipsy and you made out or maybe even hooked up or whatever. And that was the beginning of a situationship. And then she would like, she would say, well, I'm not looking for a relationship right now, but every once in a while, she would like tell you you look cute or ask you out and she'd come over your Netflix and chill. And then nine months go by, but now nine months go by and you're, you know, you've caught feelings and you care about her, but she's still being dismissive and she's going on other dates. And now you're kind of like, fuck her. She's really hurt me. You know, mm-hmm. and then you'd call in nine months from now and then you'd be like, I'm in the situationship. And then I would say, well, she's been selfish. She's this. And then she becomes like the, the, the shitty person and you're the victim, you know. But in reality, yeah, you have the choice, you know. And right now, like, you know, you're like, oh, well, we'll see. Easier said than done. You gave me a little twinkle in your eye. Like, I don't know. And listen, you're going to get off the phone with me here and I will forget about this call. And I'm not going to tomorrow when this Christmas party is tomorrow tonight. Whenever. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be like, Oh, I wonder what that girl's doing on, you know, on the Christmas party. It'll be up to you. I, I'm not, I don't care, but the choice is yours and you are more than capable of doing what I'm suggesting you should do. It's just the slightest amount of willpower. You can definitely do it and have fun with it. It'll, you'll get, you'll get a rush knowing that you took some of your power back practice that that's true don't be this victim that you you're so desperate for her validation or for a little kiss or just because you can have the time of your life tomorrow without her if she calls in sick if tomorrow morning she wakes up and takes a covid test and it comes out positive and she can't go you can still have the time of your life it's just a matter of you deciding to also let's say she well call text you i got covid can't go you also could decide that it's not worth going you know, it's your choice. How do you look at a situation? How do you approach it? Do you decide beforehand that anything's possible, including all the fun, or do you decide it's not going to be fun because she's not going to be there? And whatever you decide going in is usually what's going to happen. Yeah, that's so true. I think I, I'm definitely going regardless if she is there or not, um, because I do have a lot of friends at the school. So No, I assume you would, but I'm just saying your attitude about how that night's going to turn out will play a mm-hmm. big role in how it, it does turn out. So what I'm saying is if you, if you go into this night telling yourself how hard it's going to be to stand your ground and enforce whatever boundaries you decide to set with yourself, then it will be hard. But if you tell yourself, I can have fun without her. I can have fun with all my friends. I can play hard to get with her. I'm not that desperate to like get her validation then it won't be that hard. Okay. And if you decide that what you want out of this relationship with her is something more long-term rather than just be a potential hookup or fuck buddy or situationship or someone who just kind of fucks with you for the next six months, you can do that. That's true. You're right. This is why I wanted to call you. Okay. Well, good luck. Thank you. We'd love an update. Okay. I definitely will send an email about how it goes. All right. Well, next week, Monday morning, I'm expecting an update. On how the, how the Christmas party went. Okay, definitely. I can do that. All right. I'll let you know. I appreciate I will it. go into it planning to stand my ground and to have fun. All right. You can, you can do it. And standing your ground should be fun. You're right. Okay. Thank you. All right. Take care. Have fun.
listen, I know you probably have heard me say this before. If you're listening to the show for the first time and you haven't heard of the Helix mattress, well, you're in luck. You're going to hear about it now. Helix is the best mattress in the game. It's what Natalie and I have been sleeping on for over three years now. I will never sleep on another mattress. It is the best moment of every day that I have when I slip into the most comfortable mattress in the world. It's truly incredible. Right now, we're in New York. We're traveling. And it doesn't matter what hotel we stay in. It doesn't matter what luxurious mattresses they say they have. I have yet to sleep on a Helix mattress in a hotel, which, by the way, any hotel uh, out there that's listening, get yourself, do yourself a favor and for your business and provide your customers with Helix mattresses. But if you're listening to this episode and you're in the market for a mattress, look no further than Helix. Truly incredible. Helix has a mattress for everyone. Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including the award-winning Lux Collection. I, myself, we sleep on the Moonlight mattress. For anyone who cares, they have a mattress for everyone. Doesn't matter if you're a hot or cold sleeper, sleep on a slide, your back, your stomach. Whoever you are, Helix has a mattress for you. It is so easy to get. It's incredibly affordable. You don't have to take my word for it. You get a 100-night trial run on it. You can sleep on it, roll around it. And all their mattresses come with a 10 to 15-year warranty, depending on the mattress. But again, I can't tell you just how incredible this mattress is. I love it. It's all I will ever have. I can't say that enough. You are a fool if you are looking at any other mattress than Helix. With the comfort and the price that they offer, it literally cannot be beat. I will not hear it from anyone else. This is the mattress you got to have. And right now, Helix is offering you an incredible deal. That is right. Helix is offering 20% off all their mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash V-I-A-L-L and use code HELIXPARTNER20 for your 20% off. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. I kid you not. I was just in Chicago for New Year's, and we're doing a lot of walking. And I'm talking to my friend, and she's like, one thing that I always worry about is like, if I'm walking around the city, or especially if I'm going over to a guy's house, like, what if I'm a little sweaty. And what if I'm a little stinky? And I said to her, we have this sponsor of the show. Their name is Lumi. They sent me several of their products, one of which is the deodorant wipes. And I swear by the deodorant wipes because you can use it anywhere. You can tuck them in your purse. If it's your pits, if it's your thighs, if it's a little underneath, you can use it everywhere and squeaky, squeaky clean. You know, there's nothing worse than like going out and forgetting the slap on some deodorant or just realize that maybe your deodorant just didn't have the power it needed to have for whatever particular day you're going through and having one of those Lumi deodorant wipes to just wipe away that stank. Well, and the best part about them is they're literally designed by an OBGYN. So you know that they're pH optimized. They're not going to make your skin break out or get irritated regardless of what area you use it. So it is truly like a head to toe solution. And unlike certain deodorants that try to mask odor with a fragrance, Lumi is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. So it's almost more of like a pre-deodorant, a pre-deodorant, if you will. Honestly, any of their products are great, but those wipes, they really, they really get me going, clearly. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack. Lumi starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid deodorant stick, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like the mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. With code V-I-A-L-L at LumiDeodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit LumiDeodorant.com and use promo code V-I-A-L-L. You will not regret it. So check out LumiDeodorant.com now. 
Nutrafol. Listen, if you're a man or a woman who has experienced hair thinning, then you got to check out Nutrafol. They're doing amazing things when it comes to helping strengthening your thinning hair. Also, especially with women, I feel like it's maybe not as widely talked about or even known as much as like a man thinning hair over time. But hair thinning is going to happen to approximately one in two women. And if you're one of them, just know that you're not alone. So thinning is normal, but it's not openly talked about. And going through that can feel very lonely and frustrating, especially like as women, our hair is probably going through it because we're always going through hormonal changes, whether it's, you know, postpartum or menopause. Our body's going through a lot. It can show in our hair. And even maybe just the craziness of every day with stress, maybe that leads to shedding in your hair. And nothing's worse than then being stressed about your thinning hair. It's just a snowball effect. So Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over one million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And as I just mentioned, there are a lot of different causes for your thinning. So it's not a one size fits all approach. Nutrafol has multiple formulas that are tailored to give your hair what it needs to grow throughout different stages, as I mentioned, like postpartum and menopause, as well as different lifestyles, such as plant based diets. So no matter what the cause of your hair thinning is, there's a solution for you. And Natalie swears by Nutrafol. It did such wonders for her hair and she couldn't say enough of good things about it. Rarely do I really notice when Natalie is like really enjoying something that's impacting her life like a new product. But Nutrafol was it was Exciting to hear her rave about it. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code files. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code files. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code files. How's it going? Hi, how's it going? I'm Alyssa. I'm 28. And despite being outgoing and independent, I just cannot connect with anybody on a date. Okay. Why do you think just being outgoing and, did you say independent? Yes. Um, Why do you feel like that is something that should ensure you to make a connection as opposed to someone who's maybe slightly more introverted and, I guess, dependent? (laughs) (laughs) Um, sure. So outgoing, I feel like I can connect with, you know, anyone. I could talk to a wall and make it my friend, um, which I'm really good at. I've plenty of friends, just too many. But, you know, connecting with somebody on a deeper level and trying to be more than friends just never really pans out, unfortunately. Um, I think the independence piece comes in, you know, in just the fact that I don't necessarily need a man. It's me wanting one. Um, so I think that makes a difference as well. But correct me if I'm wrong. That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so are there particular dates that you've had where you felt like a connection was happening, but you didn't feel like it was reciprocated? So little background. Um, I've been single for five years and my last relationship was eight years long. We basically grew up together. How old Um, are you again? I'm 28. Okay. So to put it in perspective, I was 15 when I started dating this person. We broke up when I was 23. So those are from very formative years. Um, what have you been doing between now and, and then you've been going on dates? I'm assuming Nick, I've gone on three dates, three dates, three dates. Yeah. Well, that's a cho- that's a you choice, right? Like, is it though? 
I, I mean, I'm assuming, like, I've only met you through a Zoom. You seem like a very, you know, a lovely person. You don't seem to have any, like, like jump scare things right. that would stop yeah. someone. I, you know, like, thank you for that. That makes me um, feel great. We live in a world where we have an abundance of options. There's uh, limitless dating apps, there's social media. If you wanted to go on a date with someone, you could. Now, I'm assuming that you have certain standards and maybe you're a little picky and that you're not willing to go on a date with just anyone. But I'm simply saying you having gone on three dates in the past five years is a you choice. And it's not because you can't find people to go on dates with you. You might not be able to find people to go on dates that you want to go on dates with. Mm -hmm. But that's a whole different conversation. And I think that's important for you to recognize because three dates in five years for someone who's no it's not pitiful so you got to change that narrative it's a choice that you're making and i think you need to reflect on your choices that you're making because yes. it's not pitiful it's just drastic right and i know that i'm not going to go on a date with just anyone because i do you're correct i have very high standards i do know what i want because you know i've done a lot of reflecting i've what, done the self-work and but what therapy but, and but you've only been on three dates. Yeah. So you're not getting to even to know anyone. So, I mean, I have been approached and asked on several dates and uh -huh. where I'm not going to, I'm just not going to do it because I know that that person is not for me because like, I know them. Because like they're two, five, nine or. So five, nine. Like I can't, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so stupid, but it's just like, that's not what I'm attracted to. And. No, I hear you, I, but I, I just, to connect with people, you have to meet them. You have to be willing mm -hmm. to get to know them. You have to be vulnerable with them and hope that they're vulnerable with you. That's how you make yeah. a connection. You've only been willing to do that with three people in five years. Yeah. Uh-huh. I live in a smaller city. Okay. So meeting people here is difficult because they're all who I grew up with. Okay. And how close is the biggest know, city? Far. Like New York City would probably be the biggest major city. How far is New York and from that's you? Six hours away. Six hours from Okay. And how small are we talking here? Like a buffalo. Buffalo's not that small. You're right. It's not like super, super small. It's a little bit smaller than Buffalo, but not like anything New York City. No, vibes. I get that. Well, New York's the biggest city in the world. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you get what I'm saying, though? Like it's very. And like everybody in my age bracket has fled the state within the last, you know, three years. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's not like, this is not an appealing place to live. If I'm fully honest, so I love what, it. What are your parameters? Um, what are your parameters for selecting a date? I actually wrote that down. I have notes. I came prepared. Great. I'm not, <laughs> um, I'm not surprised. So basically what I'm looking for is obviously somebody I'm physically attracted to. Cause I find that that's very important. Uh -huh. Um, I think that I want to know them at a level where prior to the date that I know that they're like driven, you know, not just looking for a hookup because that's, I'm not going to waste my time by just doing that. I think that's silly. Um, How are you able to figure just, this all out before meeting someone? Well, that's the thing. I don't necessarily go on a date with a stranger. That's never even been approached to me. Like a stranger in a bar has never come up to me and say, Hey, I want to take you out to dinner. Fair enough. I mean, that's just, oh, what about, are you on dating apps? It's horrendous. Yes. I've been, I've never gone on a date from a dating app. Okay. And when you say horrendous, I mean, I'm not, I, I believe you. I've 
you know, I've heard the story. Like it's insulting who matches with me or not even match, just likes me. <laughs> it sounds so terrible to say that, but like, it's not good. Have you expanded your search to Buffalo? Yes, I am in like the 90 mile radius, something I'm comfortable doing because what am I going to do? Go, you know, I'm not going to date somebody three hours away. I mean, why not? Um, I don't know. My Natalie lived in Savannah, Georgia when I met her. I wasn't trying to date people in Savannah, Georgia, but I'm just saying yeah. it's possible. I get that. I totally get that. And I would be like, I feel like I would be willing to do long distance because every guy that I have connected with and liked has has not lived here. Um, but I feel like that is a drawback on their end rather than mine. What do you mean? Like I would be willing to pursue it further if they were willing to as well. But I feel like the proximity just well, doesn't work. People don't like doing long distance, which no one, I, no, no one, no one says, you know what I want to do is long distance. We know this. All right. Yeah. Exactly. But like, we're just reverse, like we're just reverse engineering your, your, your dating life right now. And okay. what I've quickly gathered is that you have a lot of limitations in terms of prospects. You're limited with your options and your mm -hmm. limitations are mostly around choices you're making. Now, those choices are where you live, you know, mm -hmm. and those choices could be the age range in which you date. Those choices could be, you know, what they look like, your willingness to do long distance, you know, all, all these things. And the fact yeah. that you've only been on three dates in five years tells me. If you are frustrated with your lack of dates, you have to make different choices. Yeah. It's, it's that simple, also, you know? So I don't know what those choices are, but you, you do have some options. And, mm -hmm. you know, some of those options are more radical than others. You moving would be an option. Doesn't sound like you want to move, you know? No. But I'm just, I'm just pointing out that yeah. no, I get it. you have to make some changes because what you have been doing isn't working which mm -hmm. why you, you called it. And exactly. more than anything, you need to start going on more dates and you mm -hmm. need to start getting to know some people. And I don't care how you do it, but you got to figure out a way to do it. And you can get to know people you've, if you listen to the show through like Zoom dates and things like that. If you happen to meet with, uh, match with someone who does live in New York or Buffalo or, or your hometown or I don't know, but you know, yeah. you, you, got, you have to start making some different choices because otherwise you, you're just kind of sitting around in your small town complaining about you know all the uh the ugly guys i guess <laughs> you're being you make me sound so shallow i swear i'm not like that <laughs> i mean it is what it is you know like i don't know i i had or have standards too you know i was i but i yeah. was i was willing to be patient you know yeah i mean i feel like i've been patient as well. And I know that Prince Charming isn't going to come knock on my front door. I do, you know, all the right things in terms of going out and like making myself visible, I guess, in a way. And people know I'm single. I mean, that's a very common, common fact. It just feels like I can't get out of the friend zone with anyone. Um, even when I've been interested in maybe doing something other than being friends. So let's talk about, just, yeah. So let's talk about the guys. What, what, that's a, that's kind of a different topic. Who are these guys that you can't get out of the friend zone with? So just like people that I've met that are now my friends and I'm fine with that. Um, but like in years past when I had first met them, I'm like, oh, maybe this is a good prospect for dating them. Um, and it just never got there. And, you know, it, it hasn't gotten there since. I guess. But what do you so, mean by that? Like, 
you, the way you, when you say, well, it just hasn't got there, you're implying that it was just, it was a mutual. It was like instant friendship. Yes. 100%. Like maybe I saw it and maybe I didn't go about it the right way. Um, well, it, it, that's just what I'm trying to figure out. You're the way you're talking to be mm -hmm. totally honest with you suggests that you had an interest in them and you were curious about the potential, but you felt like they quickly friend zoned you. Yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So I guess who are these the people? question when I describe that scenario, how many different guys pop into your head? Oh, I can think of plenty. Like how many? Plenty. What's plenty? Yeah. Five, 20? Five. Yeah, five. Oh, definitely five. Okay. And you're yeah. still friends with them. These, and five, so five different guys in the mm -hmm. past five years you met. And at first you were like, hmm, I don't know, maybe. And mm -hmm. then a couple of days later, it felt like, you're like, this guy just likes me as a friend. 100%. And you yep. just kind of accepted that. Yes. Okay. And what is that wrong? To, like, should I have pushed it further? Like, are you lacking friends? Doesn't sound like it. No, not at all. Are you, are you still friends with these five guys? Yes. Friends or friendly? Friends. Definitely friends. And like, what do you, like, are you seeing them, any of them anytime soon? Um, probably actually, to do um, what I plan way? on being, you know, out and about, <laughs> it's my birthday actually on Tuesday. So going to be all weekend. So you're going to go out. Happy birthday, by the way, but you're going to go out Thank and you. you're just assuming you're going to run into them. Well, no, I'm going to invite everybody to a gathering that I'm planning. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, which we're at the point in which they would all be invited to that. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of the level of friendship. Okay. And what made you think that they just wanted to be your friend at first? Um, do you know when you can get a vibe from someone and they're just not vibing? <laughs> That's really it. And there's been a couple where, two I can think of in particular, where I have outright asked them on a date and they were like, no. Okay. They just said no. So and You said, yeah, sure, like, but let's be friends anyways? Yeah. Like, what Why? am I going to do? Just completely exile them out of my life? I liked them enough to ask them on a date. You know, no, I mean, my you, life. I don't think you exile them. I don't even think you have to be rude and I don't think you have to hate them, but I don't think we have to yeah. be friends with them. Really? There's a difference between friendly and friends. Friendly is not being crushed that a guy rejected you. Good for you for not, you know, for not being right. crushed and moving on and, mm -hmm. and being like, yeah, no hard feelings. Cool. And then like going about your life. And yeah, if you run into them, you say hi and you, you're friendly, but you don't sure. like, you don't say, well, let's still hang out sometime. You don't invite them out for your birthday. You know, you don't immerse yeah. yourself in their group of friends. One that I can think of in particular, definitely in a friendly capacity still, but the other is definitely friends. Like, yeah, I mean, listen, it's, like, it's a case by case basis. I'm not saying never do it, but if you have yeah. a habit of becoming friends with all these guys that, didn't want to date you that you were interested in. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. Like you're, you're doing. How do I stop doing that though? You, it's definitely a me problem. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you get, be okay with not everyone being your best friend and the, yeah. you're doing it because you, you, are you a people pleaser? Ish. Okay. Well, I think you like being popular and liked, mm -hmm. you know, and I think you like having a lot of friends. Yeah, I don't know how many close friends you have. 
How many close a friends? Good a good amount. Like, what's a good amount? Like, like I mean, like, who, who's friends. your ride or fucking dies? Like, how many people do you have? Or, you know, I'm kidding, but like, you know, would help you bury a body, so to speak. I, off top of my head, I can think at least four, okay. definitely four. That four, are four is a solid number, but like, me. you being picky, you only been on three dates. My experience with friends and people I've known who were really, really picky. Mm-hmm. And I even include myself in this, but if you're really, really picky, when you do like someone, it increases the chances that you're not your best self around the people you are interested in. Because you're so used to not being interested to someone and you're so used to like dismissing people, you know, for mm-hmm. example, the dating apps, you know, you're not only are you not matching with people, you're offended by the apps. You're just like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah. You're, you're literally going on the apps and you think this little algorithm has a personal vendetta against you. And as if the, as if the algorithm is looking at your face and thinking she's only worthy of these types of men and your ego right. is thinking, what the fuck? And then mm-hmm. every blue moon or once in a while, I don't know, maybe it's never happened, but if the algorithm will serve you up someone, you're like, oh shit. Okay. And then mm-hmm. you read their bio and you thought it was great. And then you're, you, you, it's going to be so much pressure. You're, you're just, oh, oh my God, I can't fuck this up. Oh my, oh my God, fi- finally, oh my God. And then you probably don't even realize how maybe like psychotic you get or like just how on edge you get or do I, and how like, and then overnight you've, you, you might in your head have had this fantasy about like, oh, like this could be the one and you daydream about yeah. your first date. And then like, you know, you start playing house in your head and we've all done this, you know? Oh yeah. You're hitting the nail on the head with the last person I went on a date on with so you know and no one likes that person that's not a you know you 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 it reeks of desperation you seem like you it's like you need it too much right and i don't want to give that so so despite you being picky with high standards the people you're interested in don't see you as picky or or having high standards they see you as desperate Mm, harsh but i get it yeah. I mean, how do you change that, though? Well, the trick is, standards? well, not so much lowering your standards as being a little bit more open minded. I think that's a different way of looking at it. Right. And, and again, back to our original conversation, I do think you need to maybe figure out ways to expand your dating pool because yeah, I get it. Like I you're in a agree. small town. Like, I understand. Like, I, you know, when I lived in Milwaukee, there, I got to a point where I was like, I either dated everyone that I wanted to date or like, I'm not interested. You yeah, know, and I moved, that's to, how I, feel. I moved to Chicago, you know, and the, mm-hmm. so I'm not telling you have to move, but you either have to, you, you have to change your criteria. You have to do something somehow, somehow, yeah. yeah. you know, either over 90 miles move. I don't know. Get on the amp, slide into some guy's DMS, regardless of where he's at. I don't know. Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. Be Unfortunately, moving isn't an option for me with like with my career. It's just not what do you feasible, do? which is why I haven't. What do you do? Or otherwise I would have. I'm a financial advisor. And you can't be a financial advisor in a different place? You can, but I prefer the face to face sitting down with my clients and majority of my book is here. Um so yeah, and I earlier in my career I did ask my boss if I could move and if that would be a possibility. He like egged me on a little bit saying, yeah. And then when it came down to it and I had a plan to do it, he said no. So I haven't even brought it up again. You're only 28. Um, I know. The good thing about my career though is 
the flexibility. I mean, I make my own schedule. I can travel anytime I go, I travel at least once a month. Um, there you go. Yeah. So that's why I don't mind the long distance situation. If somebody would give me the opportunity to do so, I would. So one, you got to either you have to cut back on the apps or you have to be mindful of your perspective when you're on the apps. Like there's no little elf behind the uh, algorithm that has a personal, like that's looking at your face and thinking, this is what she's worthy of. You yeah. Know, they're well, just... To be fully honest, I don't look at the apps as my number one resource. No, I know. But I'm just saying when you are on the apps, at, yeah, it's not just you. Like that's the downside of the dating apps, of which there are many, mm-hmm. is that it, right. it, it is, it, it usually just triggers your ego. It's a validation tool, you know? Yeah. And every time that you swipe right on people you like who don't swipe back on you, you feel rejected, even though you've never met these people in your life. You don't even know if they're fucking real. For all you know, it's a fucking catfish. Yeah, you know? exactly. And then you get served up a bunch of people you don't like and you take it personally. And mm-hmm. you're, again, your ego is triggered. Right. So, yeah, you can meet people on dating apps, but if you find yourself getting frustrated, you, gotta, you, know, you just got to be s- somewhat creative. Mm-hmm. But I do think you need to go on some dates, even with people that you don't think are going to be your person. And you need to practice getting to know people and you need to practice going out and um, just having a date with someone, even if it doesn't go anywhere because you've been on three right. dates. And then when you go on dates with the people you're interested in, you psych yourself out and you kind of reek of desperation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I need to just expand expand my horizons in every capacity. Um, I just like the one thing I don't really want to do is waste somebody else's time as well what do you as mean? my own by dating them and me knowing it's not going to go anywhere. Well, maybe just stop knowing before you know someone. True. Yeah. Stop predetermining the result of a date on both directions because the whole mm-hmm. like you being desperate is you deciding that this is your that you're going to like them. You know, you, right. you getting excited about someone you've never met regardless of what they look like or what their job is or what their profile is saying is you deciding the outcome and that outcome is that you're going to like them. You've never met mm-hmm. them. You have no idea who they are or what their character is or how they're going to treat you in a relationship or whether they're a reactive person or if they have some sort of past childhood traumas that they haven't dealt with. You know, mm-hmm. you have no idea. And yet, you know, you are deciding to like a handful of men based off of very little information and then, you know, psyching yourself out thinking I have to get them to like me. Yeah. Well, that's why I don't like the apps in general is because of that specifically. But even if you meet a guy at a grocery store who's, you know, six one has a good head of hair and you think is charming. And ask yeah. you out, you're like, oh my God, fuck yes, finally. Finally mm-hmm. what? Yeah, great. You find them attractive, but you have a lot to learn about them. Right. On the flip side, you know, you might meet someone who like maybe at first glance, it doesn't blow your mind in the looks department, but maybe you find them to be like kind of, you know, handsome or like mm-hmm. whatever, but like get to know them and be open-minded. I don't know. I think you need to practice predetermining how you feel about people before you get to know them. Yeah, I totally agree. And I didn't even think about it like that. Like, I basically am jumping to conclusions every single time I speak to a man, if I'm going to like them as either a friend or more or not at all. Yeah. 
Which so, needs to stop. So you need to expand your horizons and then stop predetermining how you feel about everyone before you get to know them. Right. Right. Maybe. I mean, you're only 28. You know, it feels old. Sure. I get that. But it's not. Have you not like hooked up with someone in five years? Oh, no, I I have. You have. Okay. No, I don't. I'm not worried. I don't care. There's no (laughs) wrong answer. (laughs) I'm not not sitting on the line like, oh, please, I hope you're getting fucked. You know, like. (laughs) It's been a bit more few and far between these days, but. But um, the guys that you are hooking up with, what does that interaction look like? How does, you know, are these people you're meeting when you are traveling? What's that look like? Yeah, usually when I travel. Um, and that's, it's usually, it sounds so bad. Thank God I'm anonymous. Um, usually like a one night stand, or if I go back to that city, like I'll hit them up. Um, so but that maybe next time you meet someone on a trip that you like, let's not have sex with them right away. I know. I have a problem with that. Well, that's why you called. So we identify your problems, exactly. you know, like, you know. Yes, because you getting on a plane to visit a friend and going on a night out at a bar and then hooking up, you know, and then meeting a guy you think is cute and you have a couple drinks, you think he's charming. You're like, well, fuck it. Like, I'm not going to see, you know, I don't live in the same city. So let's just go back to your place and fuck. Mm -hmm. You've already decided that's you deciding by going to his place and having sex because it's long distance that he's not potential. Again, another example of you deciding the outcome. And predetermining how that relationship's going to go without giving it a chance to get to know them or your compatibility. And yeah, like if you're going to hook up with a guy in a one night stand, it drastically reduces your chances of getting to know him. Because most of the time when a guy has sex with a girl who's a stranger to them, once they have sex, you know, they're pretty much good to go, you know? Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, I get that. I feel that way a lot of the time as well. Like that kind of that male mindset. I mean, it's your mindset too. Yeah. I mean, of being done with them after like, cool. See ya. Never. Hopefully like, I don't know. So next time you meet a guy that you're interested in, get to know him and stop. Yeah. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about that. He lives in a different city. Be the Mm -hmm. mysterious girl who, you know, like, oh, where are you from? Oh, I live in wherever the fuck. Oh, why are you here? I'm just visiting my friend and have him be disappointed that you don't live there. But yeah, yeah, be like, well, you know, I'm here now. And then you could say I'm here now. He's gonna be like, oh, she wants to fuck. But like, you know, like, no. And you said you're fun and outgoing. Be the fun, outgoing, mysterious girl. You know, you can be fun and outgoing, but still, you, my guess is also that you're, you're not mysterious at all with guys that you like. No, not typically. <laughs> yeah. You need to be more mysterious with guys that you like. I am like an actual open book. Um, it's just definitely I, I love, personality. Love that you're an open book. You know? Yeah. That's not what I'm saying, but you don't have to like give all the information about who you are and you know, that you're willing to have sex with them on day on, on night one. Like you, you literally right. are showing them all the cards. You'll even take your clothes off, you know? Right. <laughs> and that's not very no, mysterious, know. you know? Yeah. Especially if these are friends and you might come back, you know, like, well, I don't, you know, I come here a lot, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Make a guy interested in learning more about you. That's how you right. get a guy's interest by yeah. making him think about you when you're not there. That's how guys mm-hmm. fall in love, you know, right. by yeah. wondering about you, by being curious about you, by you dripping some information about yourself mm-hmm. and then making them ask more questions because they want to know more. Not every guy is going to be receptive to that. Not every guy is going to want to know more, but that is mm-hmm. not the moment where you say, oh, I see him pulling away. 
because like I'm giving him the vibe that I'm not going to fuck him tonight. Oh, so I'm going to fuck him because he's pulling away. That's you having, yeah. a, that's you setting a boundary with yourself and saying, I'm going to practice like, you know, my goal tonight isn't hooking up with someone. My goal tonight mm -hmm. is going out and being friendly and seeing what happens. And if I meet a guy that I find to be cute and interesting, I'm going to, I'm going to explore that, but I'm mm -hmm. going to still like make him get to know me. And if he's right. not interested in getting to know me, I'm not going to use sex as a backup plan yeah. to keep him interested for a night. Right. Yeah, because that obviously doesn't work. No. I want to be clear. This is Your personality is not the problem. Yeah. Your choices that you're making in these interactions is your problem. Right. No, no one's saying being less friendly or less outgoing and easy to meet and easy to be approachable. Mm -hmm. Those are great qualities. Keep those qualities. You need to have boundaries for yourself when those instances happen of the choices that you're going to make with certain people that you find interesting yeah. and challenge right. yourself to maybe be more open to getting to know some people that don't like trigger you because of their height and their looks. Yeah. Right. No, that is seriously. I got to do that. Definitely got to do that. The fuckboy era is over because now, mm -hmm. you, according to you, you want to be intentional with your dating life because you want to meet someone. You're ready to have a partner. You don't need it, but you want it. Great. Love mm -hmm. that. I love that you are putting those intentions out into the world, but now you need to act on it by setting some boundaries with yourself and figuring out what behaviors in the past that I demonstrated were more of a fuckboy era, you know, uh, mm -hmm. behaviors because like, you know, if you're going through a fuckboy era or whatever, you're hooking up, that, that's fine because that's the era you're in. But at the, yeah. the, the day that you decide that you want to be more intentional, well, you have to change your behavior. And a lot of people will just think, oh, now I want a boyfriend or now I want a girlfriend. And they just keep going about dating the exact same way they were when they were in their fuckboy era. And that's you. Yeah, definitely me. So yeah. now you need to, now that you want to change your intentions, you need to change your behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've really opened my eyes. <laughs> All right. Great. Yeah. You, you know, it's, this is not like, oh, I'm pathetic. I have only had three dates in five years. No, it's, I was in my fuckboy era. Right. So I wasn't trying to find a boyfriend and, and I wasn't mm -hmm. doing anything that would cause me to find a boyfriend. I was in my fuckboy era. But now that yeah, era is exactly. done. So accept your choices. Don't criticize yourself or shame yourself or make yourself feel bad about the past five years. You probably had a good time. Mm -hmm. Probably had some good sex. You had some fun. It was wild. Yep. And then eventually when you meet your guy, you won't be wondering, had, did you have enough fun? So be grateful that you did it. Appreciate what you did. But now tell yourself it's time to either you know, grow up or just make different choices because now I want different things in my life. And if I want different yeah, things in my life, I have to I have to do things differently, you know? Mm -hmm. So change the narrative. Stop, stop beating yourself up. Stop shaming yourself. Stop calling yourself pathetic, you know? Accept yeah. your own choices and now feel empowered that now I'm ready to make different choices and now I'm going to change my behavior. You're going to have to also be patient. So, because right now you're thinking, oh, patient, I've been single for five fucking years. Mm -hmm. Again, that was by your choice because you were in a fuckboy era. 
So mm-hmm. honestly, you, your, your journey to find a boyfriend is starting now. It didn't start when you were 23. Right. It started a, like within the last year. Exactly. So this whole yeah. narrative that you've been single for five years and you've only been on three dates is actually a false narrative. You got to stop saying that to yourself. Mm-hmm. I recently right. decided that I'm ready for a partner and I'm ready to be intentional with my dating life and know mm-hmm. that like you might not find that person for another two, three, four, five years. I don't know. Right. But the more intentional you are and the more you hone in on the right boundaries and be willing to adjust those boundaries, but enforce the boundaries that work for you. A boundary is only as good as the enforcement of it. You know, yes. you can say all the boundaries you want, but it, when it comes down to it, if you still go travel and visit a friend and meet a guy and he's just like, come on, girl, come on, babe. Like, and you're just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm not going to see him again. Let's fuck. I'm horny. Then yeah. you're, you're going to be stealing your fuck boy era. Right. You know? Right. Yeah, I got to make myself get out of that cycle because it's never going to change if I don't. Be, be more mysterious. 100%. Make, make them chase a little bit, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm only a phone call away, you know? Mm-hmm. Getting conversations with guys. What are they interested in? What are their hobbies? Like, find some common ground with these guys. Because right now, all you're thinking about when you go out to the bars is fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Am I going to go home with them tonight? Do I want to sleep with right. them? That, right. That's the only thing that's on your mind when you're meeting these guys when you're traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because it's like, they're never going to see me again. It's safe to do it here because yeah. no one in my hometown knows, you know, mm-hmm. like instead my reputation instead be like i don't know i don't know this guy so i don't know but like i i, I want to get tonight i'm going to get to know him and at the end of the night yeah. i'll decide if i'm going to want to get to know him when i leave and right. be like hey i know i live so far but i'll be back in a few weeks give me your number i'd love to see you mm-hmm. again yeah he's like well how about like we come home tonight yeah. you're like no i just met you yeah but like you know if you're interested call me this weekend and listen mm-hmm. a lot of guys won't don't let that disappoint you Mm-hmm. Um, but the good news is we've identified several areas uh, that you can change to increase your chances. Well, Godspeed. I think you have some. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> you have some uh, things to work on. Um, there's no immediate update, I think, but I think we'd love to hear from you in a couple months with an update of how you maybe try to implement some of these things and, and what resulted in it. And Will, I don't expect absolutely. you to call in a couple months and be like, I found my person. I hope you do. And that'd be wonderful. And if you do love to hear it, but if nothing else, what I would love to hear in a month or two when you follow up is that you're a lot more content with how your dating life is going, that you okay. have had a couple interactions with guys and maybe didn't go anywhere, but you've changed some of your past behaviors. And I'd love to mm-hmm. know how that felt. Okay. I absolutely will. That'll be fun. All right. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Nick. All right. Take care. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Hope you all enjoyed this episode of Ask Nick. If it's your first time, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Welcome to the show. And don't forget our episode this Thursday, going deeper with Clayton Eckhart when he talks about his paternity scandal from beginning to, well, I don't even know if we're at the end, close to the end. I don't know. To present. It's beginning to present. Beginning to present. And it is uh, a, if you love a paternity, you know, he was, for those of you who don't know, he was uh, allegedly accused of being the father of twins with a person mm-hmm. he uh, had a one night rendezvous with. And it's like the best interview because he, he really like, I'm like, I don't know if he took a breath. 
No. We get every detail. every detail. We're live. We're live chatting with a doctor to talk, like to confirm everything he's saying. Beautiful. It was uh, shocking. We'll see you on Thursday.